I nearly said good morning then. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> um, okay, so we're on our, our deploy uh, series uh, now, and James um, actually start, kicked it off last week with uh, a look at um, ministry, uh, and James kind of delved into what is ministry. Um, is ministry just for you? Is ministry just for me? Is it for leaders in the church? Is it for the pastor to do? Um, and came to the conclusion that ministry is in fact for everybody. Um, just a quick recap for anybody that wasn't here. It is for everybody. Um, so looking at deploy um, and looking at deploying ourselves into a ministry, before we do that, we need to take a breath and we need to make sure that where we're going to deploy is the right place for us. We need to find out what our shape is, and that will determine our ministry. Um, before a building is built, okay, an architect will say, okay, you want this building, but actually, what's it going to be used for? What's its purpose? And then the architect will design that building to, to kind of fit the, the building's purpose. Um, bees are designed for um, pollinating plants and producing that delicious honey. Um, everything kind of has a purpose. In fact, when I was writing this, I was trying, I was struggling to think of one thing that doesn't have a purpose. And then I realised that I have a rowing machine in my garage, <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, that kind of fits the has no purpose. That's the only thing that has no purpose. In fact, I, I sit on it regularly because it is quite comfy and I'll eat some crisps on it. And if Lorraine, if Lorraine comes in, I just say I'm drifting. You know, I'm not, I'm not actually doing anything. But, but everything has a purpose. Um, you know, the, the purpose of propellers on, on a, you know, a small aircraft. Do you, know what that, do you know what that purpose, the purpose for them is? Anybody? Nobody knows what the propellers on an aeroplane does. <laughs> You're wrong. It's actually to keep the pilot cool because if he's up in the air, yeah, seriously, if he's up in the air and those propellers stop, you'll see him sweat. <laughs> but often, um, our purpose will fit the way that we are shaped. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story because it's a story that, that, that I've written and I've kept in, my, in the back of my drawer and I want to send it to Hollywood. It's a movie script and I call it Star Tours. I wrote this completely. Okay, so this story is made up entirely off my own back and the main character is a young man that I've called Duke Y. Walker. Okay, uh, and honestly, I made it up. So Duke, as a young man, he lived a normal life. He was working for his parents, um, who he later finds out are actually his adoptive parents, but I'm keeping that for part three. Um, so Duke lived this normal life, and he realized quickly that he had talents. He was really good at piloting. Uh, he was really good with swords and fighting and stuff like that. Um, but, but Luke, I mean Duke, um, was not happy where he was. He did everything that he should do in his everyday life for his mum and dad and stuff like that, but he wasn't really happy until suddenly he's thrust into this mission um, to save a princess that I like to call Princess Kia, okay? Um, and, and this is a mission that he really excels at. He goes on to save the princess and save the world, 
And how did he do this? Well, his mission is what he was born to do. His heart was fully in his mission. And he discovers that not only every fiber of his body is aligned to doing this mission, but he also possesses a special gift, which I call the force. I don't know if that'll catch on, but um, I call it the force. Um, But by using his natural talents combined with doing something he knew in his heart he wanted to do, and with the help of his extra special power, he was successful. I totally made that up. I think it's a winner. But you know, as Christians, we are designed for special missions. We are. God shaped you to excel at something. Every single one of us in here. God gives you abilities. He gives you a superpower. And he points you in the right direction with the the sat-nav of your heart. So if we have a purpose and God's gifted us with these great gifts and talents, how do we make sure that we're not the, the bridge in the wrong place? Can we just go back a slide, Josh? If you look at that bridge there, for example, it's a perfectly good bridge, isn't it? It's a brilliant bridge. The only problem is it's in the wrong place. It's not really going to be very, very helpful to anybody. Okay, we can go forward again, Josh. Sorry about that. But God has, been sh- has shaped you for specific ministries. God has been molding and shaping you for ministry since you were born. In fact, God started uniquely shaping you even before you were born. Um, in Job um, chapter 10, we read, Your hands formed and shaped me. In Psalms 139, we've just heard, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It's amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. You were there while I was being formed. You saw me before I was born. You scheduled each day of my life. It's that vision that I've heard been said whilst people have been up here before, but I'm going to repeat it again. You know, we can see as far as a, a straight river, but once a bend comes in that river, we don't know what's around that corner. But God does. God can see it from a different perspective. He can see exactly what's around the corner for each and every one of us. And knowing that, he shaped us for, to, for any eventualities. He knows where we're going. You are shaped. We are shaped for a purpose. You are unique. You are wonderfully complex. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing from the creator of the stars that he thinks we are unique. We are wonderfully complex. God wants us to discover the shape he has given us. He wants us to know what we've been designed for. And and as a result of that, we're going to look at an assessment uh, that helps us consider our gifts. Um, I'm in learning and development, so I do a lot of assessments Um, Myers-Briggs and personality types and stuff like that. I do it as a day-to-day job. And some of it's all right, some of it's a bit blur. Um, But actually looking into shape, it's absolutely superb. It's so connected to the Bible and biblical truths. It really is uh, worth investing your time into it. Um, So we want to focus on five personal factors that combine to create the real us that will hopefully then direct us into the ministry that would best suit us. Okay, so, shape is spiritual gifts, 
Uh, next slide, please. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. You'll be happy to know I'm not doing all of them tonight. Uh, I'm doing the first three tonight. Um, so I'm doing spiritual gifts, heart, and abilities. And then Dave uh, Sewell is going to be doing um, the other two, not next week, the week after. Um, it was planned that it was going to be me this week and then Dave next week. And then suddenly an email went out that we're not got an evening service and we're all dead worried. And I did suggest to Dave that me and Dave do shape as one together dressed in like 1980s exercise stuff coming on to you better shape up Olivia Newton-John um, he didn't reply so um, I think the silence spoke a million words but there you go so S we're going to start with S for spiritual gifts so what is a spiritual gift um, I was taking Luke um, on a, a driving lesson once. Uh, so we got into the car and I, I said my prayers uh, and, and off we went. Uh, and we were driving for a couple of minutes and then I suddenly realised that he had on the radio like classical orchestral music. And I thought, this is a bit weird uh, because, I mean, I've been brought up on like Oasis and stuff like that and the jam and the who for the older ones in here or not. Um, but I was like, I've never heard Luke say, Alexa, play Beethoven's fifth. So I'm, I'm thinking, why, why, why has he got this on the radio? So I asked him, and he said he likes it. It calms, him, it calms him down. He finds it quite calming and stuff like that. So I went, okay. And then on my way to work one day, I remembered that, and I thought, oh, I'll put some orchestral music on. So I did. And I listened to it. And you know what? It was beautiful. It was really, really nice. But an orchestra, it made me think, is made up of many, many different uh, people playing different instruments in unison. And this produces this beautiful sound that an orchestra can do. Now, if you've got an orchestra of 50 people and only two or three people are playing the, the, the instruments that they were supposed to be playing, it would be okay, but it would have nowhere near the impact uh, that a fully functional uh, orchestra would have. On the other side of the coin, if you have all 50 people in the orchestra playing instruments that they weren't supposed to be playing, then it would be mayhem. If you had all 50 playing and not reading the music and not watching the conductor, the guy with, or the lady with the stick, then again, it would be mayhem. Um, an orchestra only sounds beautiful when all of the orchestra are playing the, the instruments that they should be playing, and all of the orchestra are reading the music, and all of the orchestra are taking instructions from the conductor. And spiritual gifts are like this. God has given every one of us a certain instrument, a spiritual gift that we can play, that we can use. And if we all discover our instruments, our spiritual gift, then, and we all take instructions from the conductor, then we can produce something truly amazing for God at, at Forward Free Methodist Church. Something truly amazing. Spiritual uh, gifts are special abil uh, abilities. They're the force uh, given by the Holy Spirit to every believer to be used to minister to others and to build up the body of Christ. And we haven't got time to go through all of them, but if you look, a lot of the letters in the Old Testament list the spiritual gifts. 
So have a look at that. And the Bible has many examples of people that discover their spiritual gifts. For example, Moses had leadership and guidance. David had faith and courage. Uh, Solomon had wisdom and discernment. Paul had evangelism and teaching. Um, so they are used a lot and they're there. And there's some truths that we need to just cover on them. In 1 Corinthians, it tells us that our gifts are only found with the help of the Spirit. We can't find our our gift, our spiritual gift on our own, off our own back. We have to uh, be guided there by the help of the Spirit. Corinthians uh, tells us, uh, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 tells us uh, that we all have at least one gift. So any of you that were sat in here just now thinking, nope, this isn't for me, I don't have any gifts, you actually do. 100% have a gift, Okay. Uh, again, in, in uh, Corinthians 12, uh, tells us that no one gets all of the gifts. No one gets all of them. So, you know, if you sat there thinking, yeah, I'm fully gifted up. No, you're not. Okay. Uh, no one gets all of them. All right. Um, and then in Ephesians, we learn that we must earnestly desire spiritual gifts. We must desire them because we can't earn or work for them. We've got to desire them. We've got to want them. Uh, again, in Corinthians, uh, it says the Holy Spirit decides what gifts we get. So we, it's not pick and mix. We can't say, oh, I, I quite fancy that, that one, but I don't really want that one. It doesn't really suit me. You know, gifts actually, often when people discover their gifts, it can become a surprise to them that they've actually got this gift. In Timothy, uh, it tells us that we are to develop our gifts. So once we've found our gift, we need to work on it. We need to get into a ministry to, to work it, to build it, and, and to grow it. And then finally, using our gifts glorifies God and grows us. It glorifies God and grows us. This is, to, uh, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's John 15, 8. And here at Forward, it's not enough to be open to spiritual gifts. We've got to want them. We've got to desire them. We've got to go after them. We can't just sit here tonight and think, okay, great, I'm going to wait for the gifts to show, it, show themselves to me. It doesn't work like that. We've got to want it. We've got to ask God for it and pray into it. And it's the very foundation of Deploy. So why do we have spiritual gifts? Two reasons. The first reason, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. This gift is for the benefit of others. It's not for the benefit of us. Each one of you, as a good manager of God's different gifts, must use for the good of others... The spiritual gift he has received from God. We've got to use it for the good of others. And the second reason we have them is to produce maturity and stability in our church family. It was he who gave gifts to men to build up the body of Christ. So we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith and become mature then we shall no longer be children carried by the waves and blown by shifting winds. In other words, we, we combine, we get bigger, we become mature, we become as one, we, be, we become that orchestra 
playing that beautiful music for God. A few cautions about spiritual gifts. Don't confuse spiritual gifts with natural talents. Everybody has talents, whether they believe or not in Jesus. Everybody has talents. But spiritual gifts are just for the people that believe in God. They're given by God. Number two, don't feel my gift makes me superior to others. You know, you're good at something, but not to get uh, big-headed about it, quite frankly. Number three, realize that using my gifts without love is worthless. And I think this is, for me, one of the most important ones. Um, We read Paul uh, in 1 Corinthians, he says, I may be able to speak the languages of men and even of angels. I may have the gift of inspired preaching. I may have all knowledge and all the faith to move mountains. But if I do not have love, I am nothing. It does no good. It's got to come from love when we use our spiritual gifts. Okay. Secondly, the H in shape stands for heart. Um, When I do leadership training, um, I'll often spend a lot of time looking at emotional intelligence, a thing called emotional intelligence. And basically, emotional intelligence is about um, leaders being able to understand um, the, the people that they lead. So it's understanding what makes their team tick. And um, once they can understand how somebody ticks, they can then delegate the right work to the right person because they know it's going gonna, it's gonna to interest them. And a part of emotional intelligence is actually finding out where somebody's passion is, where their passion lies. Because if someone is doing something they're passionate about, then they will do it really well. Um, So where does passion come from? It comes from the heart. It's what floats your boat. It's what gets blood pumping through you. It's what you're interested in. It's your focus. It's where your heart is. And you can tell when something is coming from the heart. When I hear that crash in my front room, uh, and I hear something break, and I walk in, and Tim and Lil are both there, and I have no idea which one's done it, and they're both looking at me like that cat in Shrek. Um, and I have to decide who's done this, and they'll both say, it wasn't me. Uh, but I can tell straight away which one is actually meaning it wasn't me, because it's coming from their heart. I can tell. If I ask Lorraine, can I go for a round of golf this Saturday? I'm not asking now, I'm just saying. But if I did, and she says, yeah, okay. I can tell if that yeah, okay is from her heart or not, okay. Um, But your heart determines so much. It's where your passion comes from. And it determines why you say the things you do. In Matthew, we read, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The heart determines why you feel the way you do. The word of God examines the thoughts and motives of the heart. And the heart determines why you act the way you do. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The heart, your heart is the real you. It's your barometer, it's your sat-nav. When, it, when we talk about deploying ourselves into ministry, 
What are you attracted to? What gets your blood pumping? It determines your interests. It determines what makes you satisfied, what gives you fulfillment. It motivates you to go to certain environments and talk to certain people. It's all, that's all your heart. And God gives us all a unique heartbeat. Why is given, uh, God given each of us a unique heartbeat? Uh, Revelations, we read, God has put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose. His purpose for you is in your heart. You just need to follow it. God had a purpose in giving you your inborn uh, interests. In fact, your emotional heartbeat is a very important key to understanding God's design and intention for your life. What interests you is really important. The Bible makes it very clear that your heart was designed by God, but you need to choose how to use it, whether you use it for good or whether you use it for evil. You may have, uh, as we read in James, selfish ambition in your heart. You could go that way. Or you could go the better way. As we read in Samuel, serve the Lord with all of your heart. As we read in Ephesians, do the will of God from your heart. How can we do God's will and serve God's purpose? By letting our heartbeat motivate us. Letting it lead us like a sat-nav to, the, to, to the, um, God's purpose for us to where we should be serving, to our ministry. And thirdly, the A in shape stands for abilities. Uh, in Exodus 31, we read about a man called uh, Bezalel, and God uses his abilities. Um, God talks about how he specifically filled uh, Bezalel with the Spirit of God and gave him the ability uh, and, and knowledge and craftsmanship he gave him the ability to design, to, to uh, cut wood, to um, work with gold and bronze and silver. And he puts the, these abilities to use by building a, a, a tent and furnishing it for people to go and worship God in. We all have so many abilities that we simply don't use for God. And it's a shame because they're wasted abilities if they're not being used for God. One of the most common excuses people give for not getting involved in ministry is, I just don't have any abilities to offer. Uh -uh. That's wrong. That's wrong. Nothing could be further from the truth. The, only, the key to it is matching your abilities to the right ministry. You all have abilities. It's just looking at where to use them. Five misconceptions about abilities. People aren't born with skills. All skills must be learned by experience. That's not true. There are a number of skills which are inborn. Um, you know, you've all heard the saying, oh, he or she just seems to be naturally talented at that. It's probably true. It's probably because they are naturally talented at that. Uh, myth two, those skills which must be learned are learned primarily in the classroom. Actually, some of your most basic skills are learned at home, on the street, with your mates, in your environment. A lot of basic skills are actually learned somewhere outside of the classroom, not in the classroom. 
Myth three, if you have certain abilities, you'll be very aware that you have them. Again, that's not true. You're probably using a number of talents that actually you do have. You're probably using them in everyday life. You're just not aware and you need some kind of process in place to be able to identify those abilities. Um, a really good barometer is asking family or friends. Just make sure they are good friends. Uh, it takes a lot to go to somebody and say, what am I good at? But ask them, because they will probably see that actually you do excel at certain things. Myth four, skills that I use at work are only usable at work. Um, I couldn't use them in ministry. Well, hopefully by the end of this series, uh, you will realize the fallacy of that idea. It's a tragedy that so many of us build up brilliant skills at work, but then don't bring them to use them uh, in ministry for God. Most people only have a few abilities. The truth uh, about that is many national studies have revealed that the average person possesses from 500 to 700 different skills. 500 to 700 different skills. So gifts, hearts, and abilities, are, or spiritual gifts, heart, and abilities are just three of the five ways that God has shaped us. And as we close, just on one slide, I just want to have a look how Paul's ministry was shaped by his gifts Spiritual gifts, his heart, and his abilities. Paul's spiritual gifts. Um, we read, and of this gospel, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. If we look at the gifts listed in the Bible, you can see just how many gifts Paul was gifted for it to, to complete his amazing ministry. Paul's heart, we read, Paul talking about this, my constant ambition, my constant ambition has been to preach the gospel where the name of Christ was previously unknown. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. And then finally, another quote from, from him, life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord. His heart was in it. Paul's heart was in it. And Paul's ability, Paul went to see them and stayed and worked with them because he earned his living by making tents just as they did. He debated in the synagogues every Sabbath trying to convince both Jews and Gentiles. That's in Acts and his natural ability, Paul, was to was, was a, a building tents. And he used that to get close to people. He used his natural abilities to get in with people. Paul, to me, was one of the biblical superheroes. Um, he is for me. He's this magnificently unique bridge, if you remember that bridge, um, that knew where he should be. He knew where he should be. Paul had aligned his shape with God's purpose for him. And this had resulted in a magnificent, supernatural life of building God's kingdom. That's, what, that's the result of him aligning his shape with God's purpose for him. 
So what do we do in response to all this? I mean, in an evening service, we can literally only flick over the surface of this stuff. Um, and the truth is that none of this will make any difference unless we all take the business of ministry seriously, take it on board individually, and spend time with God working through this. It's ironic that in the secular world, we spend so much time and energy thinking about education, thinking about updating my LinkedIn, thinking about updating my CV and upskilling myself for the next promotion. But we really hit and miss about ministry in the church, about working for God. That should come first. I'm going to ask the band to come up now. But as they come up, I really want you to remember that like the bridge we saw earlier, you are all fully functional, brilliantly designed, made for a specific purpose. But like the bridge, you need to be in the right place to have maximum impact for God. And I do want you to take some time to really think about, um, you know, where your spiritual gifts are, where your heart leads you, and what your abilities are and how you can use them for God. Maybe spend a week on spiritual gifts and then a week on your heart. And then, so on, you see where I'm going with this. Um, and then by then, Dave will have come up and done the rest of them for you as well. But remember, you're shaped for a purpose. That's worth celebrating. God shaped you for a purpose. You are unique. You're absolutely unique. And God has a unique ministry for you. And I don't know where you are this evening. I don't know if you've never, ever gone, put yourself forward for a ministry. It can be frightening. You might not want to do it. You might have sat back and thought, I'd really love to do it, but I just don't feel like I'm worth it. God's saying to you tonight, you are absolutely worth it. It might be that you've tried ministry before and it's just not worked for you. Maybe you were the bridge in the wrong place at that point. Try it again. You know, I don't know where you are tonight, but I know God wants you somewhere. Thank you.